in five, four, three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Spare Note Series. My name is Matt Tobacco from SmokingTobacco.com, and I am joined once again by my Mr. Good Friend, my good friend, Mr. William Cooper. I botched that one. From CigarCoop.com. <laughs> uh, and we have a long range of topics that we're going to get into tonight. Uh, I'm going to let Coop kind of start the show. I know he's got some things he wants to do first. We're going to cut in light. And then we're going to get into our first topic, which is a Coop topic. And then we'll just kind of we'll, we'll go from there. And that is uh, Coop gave some feedback on some stuff this week and got some backlash. And I know he wants to talk about that. Yep. So uh coop start us off with what you wanted to do and then you can kind of we'll just kind of go right into that first topic all right tonight i'm gonna let up the alec bradley magic toast um robusto now i did get this cigar at the trade show right um so some of these are a little drier out there so when i got back i put this into my regular humidor for safekeeping uh we talked about we were talking about cigar gadgets and i think we mentioned um there's a device that you can measure the humidity in a cigar yes cigar uh, and Cigar Medics, well, they sent me one. Oh, wow. Look at that. They sent me one, yeah. Uh, That's and cool. It's really easy to use. Um, so what I'm going to do is basically what you do is you kind of take the lid off and you kind of insert the probes in here. But you got to do it on a flat surface. Okay. Um, so what I'm going to do is I insert the probes. You're not going to be able to see this piece, unfortunately. But um, insert it. And then what happens is it stabilizes at a humidity level. So it kind of starts going down from like 70 um, and once it stabilizes, you'll know the humidity in here. Now, what you want is you want something that is in the 60 to 70 range. Okay. Is what you want. So anything above a 60 is good. Mm -hmm. And, uh, what I will show is as I pull this out, hopefully you can see the number. It is a little hard. It is 66. Okay, cool. So this is, this is even though being dry, uh, I was able to get it back and I've really been playing with this. It's very accurate. Uh, I'm sorry. You can't now went back and reset to zero, but, um, it's very accurate um, and it's really good because um, I did I did play around taking some cigars out of the humidor and I saw a couple of cigars go down to like 37, you know. Oh, wow. So, you know, it, it definitely is accurate. And I'm telling you, my better humidors had the better humidity is what I'm going to say. So um, definitely recommend this. I definitely recommend one of these. Uh, it's very easy to set up and calibrate. Um so I'm happy with it. Uh, I don't know if they heard the Spare Note show or not. Um, I should say he, he must have because he said, I heard you talked about this at some point. So he must have heard the show. But why did he send you one? I don't know. So, I know. I feel now I feel gypped if that's the case. Yeah. But uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I am going to smoke a uh, an Opus X, very special Opus X. I'm going to smoke a 2015 vintage forbidden um i want to say is this something uh what is this size uh, it's not listed yep. i think it's the taurus the bull natural Ooh. from 2015 yeah. um so this is this is a, a nice vintage uh i'm gonna smoke this tonight um as we remember 20 years ago september 11th um, yeah um I just want to take the time to kind of bring that up and, and say that, you know, we, we remember and uh, we, you know, it's a, a tragic point in our country's history. Um, and, you know, we should never forget. And uh, we dedicate this show tonight to, to them, to them, to everyone yep. 
um, that we lost and the families that were affected um, from that, that uh, horrible tragedy. Um, just didn't want to kind of, I didn't want to really go about the show without mentioning it. I think it's important. No, I to did mention. Too, yeah. And this is a special cigar for me, the, the magic toast. It was a top 25 cigar for me in 2018. Um, I'll make a comment. You know, I grew up in New York city. I lived in Brooklyn and Staten Island. Mm-hmm. Um, and Staten Island was very hard hit by nine 11 because a lot of people who work in the world trade center lived on Staten Island and they take the ferry over. I was very fortunate, Matt. I don't know anyone who perished in the towers directly. Mm-hmm. However, I know a ton of people who had loved ones that did friends and family that did perish in that. So I'm very sensitive um, as well. And I lucked out the day I don't lucked out, but I was supposed to be in New York City that day. And I didn't have I changed my plans and ended up working in Jersey that day. Wow. So, um, yeah. It was just, and it was a last minute decision. So, um, you know, uh, you know, I, I didn't work at the world trade center when I was in Manhattan, I was in midtown. Uh, it changed, it changed everyone's life forever in New York. It, it, it sure all around the world, but, uh, you know, again, Staten Island was really hit hard by this. People don't realize, um, the streets that they have Memorial street names named after the people who died. It's, um, you know, so uh, Staten Island, like I said, it was hit hard by it. It's a, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's something that that's changed a lot of people, places, and uh-huh. things. And um, you know, the 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 biggest thing we can do is just always remember and um, yep. always have those people in our thoughts and uh, their families, and yep. uh, you know, and just you know, we pray that you know we uh, we never live through something like that again. Uh, no, I know we, we don't. Oh, we, we don't hope we don't. Um, very, very. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Difficult. It, it is. Um, you know, I had all four of my children were born by them, but I had two of them under the age of two at that point. Yeah. So, I mean, they they don't really have as much of a concept. My daughter, who's the oldest, does. I think she's the one who was very well aware. She was watching the coverage and stuff. So she does, but my sons, they don't. So it's important, like you say, never forget so they understand the importance of this, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, I, yeah. I was probably like eight years old when it happened. Um, and I remember a great deal of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was all, I'm also a big hist- historian, and I like to read a lot of like historical stuff. And um, so, I mean, I, I've even gone back and I've read so many different things about it yeah. and just or a lot of stuff from history. Yeah. I, I, like, I like reading about history. Um, which is funny because when I was in school, uh, I didn't like to read shit. And like now I like to read, uh, but I only like to read historical nonfiction. I don't like to read like fantasy because it's, just, you know, it's for me, like reading the only thing that keeps me engaged because I, I have such a short attention span. The only thing that keeps me engaged is the fact that like when I'm reading something, I'm like, well, this actually really happened. Like what happened? Like I need to know if it's fantasy. I'm like, I don't give a shit what happened because it didn't have, it's not real. So I think that's kind of what keeps me tied in when I read. <laughs> it's like, oh, I really need to know like what happened because it's real. Um, but anyway, we're getting way off topic. So that uh, so this show is dedicated to them. Um, we have lit up. We're starting the show. Coop, you earlier this week gave some feedback on a cigar known as the Irish Car Bomb. 
that was released through United Cigars. It was part of their Firecracker series for uh, St. Patrick's Day. And uh, I think I'm going to leave it there and I'm going to let you uh, I'll let you grab the baton. Yeah. So, um, you know, the first of all, the folks at United Cigars, Oliver, you know, Dave Garofalo owns, owns the brand. Oliver pretty much uh, runs the day to day operations. Great people. Um, they're really doing some great stuff. Uh, the Irish Car Bomb was released as part of the Firecracker series. Uh, it was a Candela Maduro barber pole in a three inch format. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, we did some press coverage on it uh, when it got released. Um, seemed like people were very interested in it. Uh, the Cigar Authority, uh, which Dave Garofalo hosts, did a whole show on it. Right. Um, right. So, and, you know, it seemed like it got good feedback. People wanted the cigar. Um, I tend to be a little slower getting cigar reviews out than maybe the average reviewer. Um, and this one was much slower in getting out um, than most cigars. So, I mean, this was released probably early March. So it was six months. That is a long time. But I did smoke the cigar and I liked it a lot. Um, it scored a solid 89, which is on a coupe scale. That's something you buy. It's a very good cigar. <coughs> Excuse me. But um, it got some negative feedback to review. And I don't think the review, this feedback was directed at me, but indirectly, I think it was. And I'll talk about that. Um, Look, Irish Car Bomb, it has multiple meanings. Um, It's a popular drink in the bars, right? So for years, I've heard about this. I don't, um, I'm not big in the bar scene or anything like that, but I've heard it ordered. Cigar gets released, and, um, you know, again, I didn't hear anything negative about it. But when the review came out, there was some sensitivity to the name Irish Car Bomb, you know, for people who were in Ireland. And, you know, it's a very sensitive part of their history and their period and a very tragic part of it. And I think there was some offense that was taken for that. Um, Yeah, smoking Nicole as as an Irish woman well half irish woman her mother you know being born in ireland and her her stepbrother uh, yeah. her half brother being born in ireland took a lot of offense to it yeah so, okay and and so and i think i'm gonna address that too um and i think i took some 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 heat on it why did i review it so i'm gonna i'm gonna be i'm gonna give you my answer and i'll be transparent here um had i known it I probably would have had a conversation about this um, with with Oliver or whatever directly. Um, I I thought of this more as the drink. I, I really did. And on Cigar Coop, I have some pretty high standards. There are things that won't be covered um, if I find them offensive or if I find it's um, lifting a tra- you know lifting a trademark and stuff. We talked about that, so I am sensitive to that. I could tell you that there was the i talked to oliver this week there was no i mean honestly i don't think they knew either okay and you know i don't think and i would say this they they are taking it seriously okay so it's not like they're trying to you know they they, they recognize that there was an issue with this and i think they're going to address this okay yep. going forward and i have confidence in that so i'll apologize on my end if it was anything that i did to offend it 
again, you know, there's parts that maybe just call me a little naive. I should have known better, but, um, you know, the cigar was a good cigar. Um, again, in the end, I'm reviewing the cigar, not the marketing thing on it. So, but I, like I said, I think everyone, the people at United were not looking to offend anyone. And I think they were trying to tie a concept in with something. And here's the other thing I'll just mention. I never heard anyone take offense to the drink. Had I heard people take offense to the drink, call it my naivety for not being a bars enough or drinking enough. I, 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 there would have been, I probably would have had a conversation with these guys on it. So I'm, I'm confident that this will be addressed. I don't think anyone meant to hurt anyone. If, and, and I'll say if anyone got hurt on my end, I apologize on it. Uh, the review will stay on coop. Um, I'm going to make that clear on that. The review is not coming down um, because again, I, I assess the cigar for what it is. So, and, and yeah. the time I was putting that. So, but um, like I said, I, I kind of see, it. I could kind of see it, but I don't think anyone meant any harm here. And, and the United folks are great folks. These are great folks involved. They're some of the best people in the industry. And, you know, I, I, I'm confident it will be corrected. Yeah. I mean, I won't really comment too much on it. Um, I didn't have a lot to say on it. I, I, for me, like I wasn't really offended by it. I, I thought the same thing. I thought of the drink. I'm like, all right. It was, that's what I thought. Yeah. Interesting concept. Uh, didn't really think anything bad of it. Um, no one complained on the cigar authority. I looked at the comments, right? No one yeah. complained about it right then. So I don't, I think they got some feedback after that show though. Is what happened. Yeah. I think uh, they could, probably could have been after. I think there's a lot of people who, um, there was a food just, delivery for my son. I didn't see. <laughs> That's what what happened? happened? Literally, I have the I have the bay open the garage, and it was a food delivery. I guess my son ordered food. <laughs> Has that ever happened to you before while you're on the air? Never, because I never. I, I kept. It's a nice night. And I just kept the. Oh, bay that garage. happens to us all the time. <laughs> okay, all the time. We'll be on. Sorry the for the, Sorry for the distraction. Show. Yeah. No, don't you? That's happened to. I literally, we were in here. Me and Nicole were in here. We were live on the air. We had everything all set up. And I don't know if this lady just saw the door was open and didn't like know where to go because she saw we were in here. And then she saw like all like the lighting and the cameras and the microphones and was like injured. Like, oh, what are they doing? Like, yeah. and I'm like, just I'm like, I kind of give her like, a, OK, cool. And like very subtle off camera. And then she like comes in and I'm like, I'm like, oh, <laughs> no, like we're, we're good. And she just yeah. like puts it down and leaves. And I'm like. Yeah. What what the hell is going on here? Uh, so, so sorry about that distraction. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I get it. Trust me, I've been there. Um, so uh, anyway, I forget where. We, oh yeah, so we were talking about the car, but yeah, I mean, I um, like I said, I, I that that's my piece on it. I think you've said your piece. Yeah, um, yeah. I and I don't, I'm not angry at anyone for giving that feedback. You just you know, but yeah. No, um, I, to I totally hear you. Yeah. Uh, I'll say this: the cigar's a good cigar. I don't know if you've smoked it, but I'll tell you what. Uh, I actually haven't had it. No, yeah, it's a good cigar. It's a very nice firecracker edition, and it's thirty dollars for five pack. I think they're pretty much all sold out at this point, though. But uh, you know, I hope they maybe find another way to continue it. But I, I, I they're going to address this. I'm confident. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, yeah they, 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 they're they, good they, about they're good about doing the right thing. They they really are the great people. Um, and look, follow on this make a phone. The job Oliver has done at United Cigar has been incredible. Absolutely. Uh, what a job. I mean, what a job he has done this year. So uh, a fantastic job. Yeah. Also, I just want to say this, too. If anyone uh, picks up on uh, just kind of me looking away at times behind me, I do have the TV on uh, with uh, 
uh, the NASCAR race that's on right now because it is the playoffs. And uh, my Joe Gibbs guys are one, two, and three tonight, uh, at, right now. Um, so yeah, I am watching this because it's the playoffs. Um, and I don't care if you don't like NASCAR and you're gonna talk trash. I'm just I love NASCAR. I love auto um, racing. I'm not gonna listen to you, but if you like NASCAR, uh, the uh, the Joe Gibbs cars are right up front. It's Hamlin, yep. Kyle Busch, and Martin Truex Jr. One, two, and three as we roll in Richmond. So uh, I am keeping a steady eye on that. Um, for those of you who are listening at home, you wouldn't notice. So kind of i don't know anyway so uh i'll throw in something kind of interesting here is yep. is a, a small topic uh-huh. uh as we go through our list of things a lot of people probably know <laughs> a lot of people probably noticed the memes that i've posted on facebook if you follow me on facebook if you're friends with me on facebook send me a friend request i'll accept it um but if you already do you probably saw that i had some memes that i created they were all the same theme it was the guy holding the cardboard sign uh which i'm sure most of you have seen somewhere yep. Uh, and I made them, it started because of one thing and then I just, I liked it too much. So I, I, I had a couple other ideas and I made some more, but the real reason why I made it was because uh, I, as much as you and a lot of other people who are listening and watching are probably in a lot of cigar groups on Facebook. And what is the number one thing that we see the most get posted in a group? Cigars. Well, no, specifically like what topic memes. Yeah. Yeah. Memes. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, no, that's not, that's what I did, but I made the meme because of a specific reason I made okay. it because, um, I honestly just got so sick and tired. of just seeing the same picture of the same exact thing, like at least once a day. And it's always the clear top Cohiba box. Hey, I got this from a buddy. Are these real? And yeah. it's like, all right. I don't know. I, I'm not trying to be like a crabby asshole. I just, I, I, it's just like, you know, if you smoke cigars enough, people usually know. And if you don't know, like, okay, I get it. But like, if you're in these groups and you're seeing these posts all the time, are you just like not paying attention? I don't know. Cause like, it's like the same picture of the same shit every time. Hey, are these real? And it's always no. Uh, for anyone who needs to know, uh, I'm not going to get into a whole Cuban authentication um, thing right now on the show. I'll give you a couple of tips, but for the most part, you know, it, it's right off the bat, the clear top Cohiba thing. You see the box with like the five and it has the plastic. That's fake. Habanos SA does not manufacture any packaging like that whatsoever. That is not real. That is like absolutely a fake. You see that it's fake. I don't care. I don't care how good it looks. It's fake. They don't make that. Um, that that's like the biggest thing, and I see that a lot. I know you see it a lot. Yeah. Um, and the other biggest thing is too. When you look at Cuban cigars. Uh, if you have a band, and I I have Cohibas. I just I should have grabbed one for for demonstration, but whatever. I don't. I can't get up now. Uh, but a lot of times you'll see you know, they'll post a picture. And you see the bands clear the band, and you see the uh, the chief logo that Cohiba has. And you'll see the outline is like off centered with the white background. And they're like, right. is this real? And it's like, I mean, that's just common sense. I mean, if the band looks like it was, you know, printed on a laptop, I mean, it's, it's probably not real. If the stuff's like kind of like not all straight, it's not real. Um, another big giveaway that a lot of people don't know um, on Cuban cigars is most Cuban cigars have the triple cap on the on the cigar and a lot of times when you see a cuban if you see a cohiba and it's it's got like you know you know one or two layers in the cap 
it's probably not genuine, uh, even if it looks pretty good. Uh, for the most part, the Cubans have that triple cap that they're they're mostly known for. I would say. Um, other than that, I mean, it's uh, it. I don't know. I, I guess it's just me just being just being a grumpy asshole. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if you have anything you want to throw in on that one, Coop. But uh, I just feel like it's like the same thing over and over. And it's like, has anyone learned anything yet? Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, I've kind of. Well, I'm not the best at identifying fake Cubans. I'll say that, but but there are some certain obvious things. The the, clear, the, the glass top box is the obvious one. I usually try to avoid being the the uh, hall monitor in this case, unless right. I'm asked directly. Now, if I'm asked directly, I'm going to give it the answer. It's not, but go enjoy your cigars. I mean, they may be good. I mean, I said go if you're enjoying the cigars, go enjoy the cigars. But you're asking me they're not Cuban. Um. Intended again. I'm not. I don't participate a lot in the groups. I, I am members of it, but I gotta be honest. I don't participate as much. Um, but again, I kind of personally, and I'm not trying to judge anyone or you certainly, but I I, I avoid being the uh, the hall monitor. Well, I would say it too is like to, to that. Like I'll add to that is like a lot of the times. I, my it's like just just smoke it. I mean, like in the end, if you want to know if it's authentic Cuban, I get that. That's one thing. But at the same time, don't just be like, oh, it's not real. Just smoke it. It might be good. A lot of fake Cubans. Look, a lot of fake Cuban cigars are either made by a uh, the Cuban people outside the factory who steal bands or whatever, mm-hmm. and they try to sell their own. So yep. in, in a way, they are Cuban cigars, but they're not like the quality that are actually made in the factory. Sometimes they're like Dominican made cigars that people put counterfeit bands on Um or whatever, like they're not all necessarily a bad cigar. It just might not be a real Habanos SA made Cuban cigar. Right. Um, you know, there's there's some really low quality ones, or really bad fakes that are probably really bad quality cigars. I, I I'm not gonna rule that out either. But I mean, I've seen some high quality fakes. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not real, and the band looks like shit. But the scar don't look half bad. I mean, just smoke yeah. it anyway. See how it is. I mean. Yeah, a lot of times if I'm asked something that's more complicated, I say uh, contact the developing palettes guys. They're much better at that than I am. Right. Or just contact someone who knows, you know, because I'm not great at it. I'm going to be honest with you. Because, like I said, there's certain telltale signs, I can tell you, uh, for sure. Uh, the glass top, you mentioned the cap and the band and stuff. But there's other ones that are tougher. When and- it comes to packaging, when it comes to the bands, when it comes to the cap, on the cigar when it comes yeah. to the, even even the wrapper on the cigar sometimes you can you can figure it out based on the wrapper um depending on what particular cigar it's trying to be yep if you know those cigars really well like whether it's you know cohiba especially like the bahikes uh there's very discouraging qualities for cohiba and bahikes right. um and then of course you know there's there's the other stuff like romeos and partagas and monte cristo um yep so, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of things, but, um, you know, again, you, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, it's just, if you, if you don't know a lot about it, you defer it to someone else. You want to be the hall monitor. I get yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, with you on that. it's, uh, you know, a lot, the one thing I always ask you, you know, usually I'll say buy from a, a La Casa de Habano or Habano specialist first. Right. Is where you should be going. Um, yeah, if a guy runs up to you on the beach in the Bahamas or Jamaica, yeah. 
It's like, oh man, I got Cubans. They're, they're not real. I don't even I mean, in Cuba if they run up to you. Yes, that's yes. very true. Even so, in Cuba, there's fake Cubans. Cuba, yes. So keep that in mind. There are fake Cubans. Um, you can get a fake, fake Rolex in Switzerland. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and some of the fake Cubans are fake. Uh, they just they have Cuban tobacco, and some of them don't. I mean, so right. Uh, so. Uh, it's possible that someone in Cuba is, is using Cuban tobacco. They're getting some hand rolls and they're selling it and putting a band on it as a Monte Cristo or Cohiba. So, again, I always say La Casa de Habano um, is your safest bet going to a tobacconist like that. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I made a couple other memes, too. There was one that I made and it was. Um, and these are more just for fun. I don't know, actually, like. Right. I'm I mean, not even, and I'm really not even annoyed about the the Cohiba, the cigar thing. It just was like it was just like a point. I was just like, oh, I gotta like say something. Yep. But like, it, it's mostly out of fun, so don't don't get too beat up on it. I'm not like seriously coming yeah. after anyone too hard. Uh, there was another one I made, and it was uh, stop asking, um, stop asking if it's mold or plume, and just smoke it. <laughs> I'm the I'm opposite. Like, you know what? I'm not a bit nice. Mold or plume? When I'm <laughs> plume, and if I have any doubt, <laughs> yeah, that's another. That's another one I'm not good at either. If I have <laughs> doubt, I don't do it. Um, uh, uh, hey, I've been there too. I mean, I, I've I've had some stuff. We had a we had a, a issue with one of our cabinets, um, where the uh, the unit, big unit inside, uh, it was on like the second shelf. And, uh, there, so we have, so we have two of the big cabinets, um, and then a half cabinet and then like a couple of box tops for specialty stuff, but the big cabinets, one of them is all shelves all the way down. And the other one, it's the same cabinet, but the only difference is it's like one, two, three. And then there's a block in like the lower half where it's all pullout drawers. And then there's two shelves below. So we had the unit on that second shelf up below the block of all the drawers. Now they're all vented so that it can all go up through the whole cabinet. But uh, there was also something wrong with the unit where it was just, it wouldn't shut off even when it reached its ideal humidity and it wouldn't just maintain, it would just run and run and run. And, and Coop, you know about this story. Yep, yep. Um, and so, and we didn't really pick up on it right away um, because it was a, an entirely new setup. And I, in the beginning, I thought, well, it's probably still going through its seasoning process. Then we loaded it. And I let it run for a few weeks. And then I started to notice that there was mold, you know, starting to form on the, on the corner up there. And I'm like, well, mm -hmm. that's an issue. And I had to rip everything out and clean it and sterilize. And I went through uh, cigars. Yep. I remember you had to do that. Yeah. Some of them were plumy and some of them were just moldy. And thankfully there was only one or two uh, cigars that were pretty replaceable that were moldy. And I was like, well, it could have been worse. And I, I threw those away, but uh, I mean, there's, I have box, I have a box in the other cabinet. Uh, it's kind of like my Liga shelf. So like all like the, the number nines, the T52s, the Unico stuff. I have it all like on one shelf and I have an empty, uh, T52, uh, Corona Doble's box that, uh, I keep kind of like my one-off Ligas that I've acquired. Like they mm -hmm. have like onesies, Susie's up and there's some in there I've had for a while and they have like some strong plume on them, but they're not mold. Uh, and I'll just give them a wipe just a light brush and, uh, and I'll, I'll smoke those. Um, it's, it's more when you have that, that giant, the bigger spores that are really grown in onto the wrapper where it's, it's more of an issue. Um, but that light fluffy plume, I mean, I've always just brushed it off and, and gone with it. So, 
But anyway, yeah. like I said, I wasn't really like that. I wasn't like pissed about it. I just was kind of like, right. This is a talking point, and I just jumped on it. So sure, I understand it. Yep, that's all. I just yeah. started to have some fun with it. Yeah, um, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I knew you'd get a kick out of it. Too. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, lighten up, people. <laughs> hey, if you've been in this game long enough, you, you see these little quirks and stuff, and you just yep. try to have some fun. Exactly, with it. exactly. <laughs> um, so a big news story came through this week. Um, let's see. Uh, CLE, Christian Aroa's company, um, which also uh, the warehouse where they keep their cigars uh, was broken into and robbed over 75,000 cigars. Now that warehouse houses a lot of the CLE, uh, Aroa First 20, the Asylum, and even some of the Patoro uh, brand cigars uh, that they do some warehousing for them. Uh, 75,000 sticks were stolen. The majority of the stuff that was stolen was uh, some various Asylum lines, a couple of CLE stuff, um, and I think uh, there was one other one. Uh, it's eluding me right now. Um, but, and, but anyway. There were some Aroas in there. Yeah, there uh, was some Aroas. I think the new Aroa. The CBT was in there. I know that. Yes, uh, that was in there. But 75,000 cigars. And I think they said based off security footage, security footage only saw three people based on the footage of what they saw. But, I mean, that's a lot of cigars to take. And when we had class on the show earlier this week, we, we brought that up for our McAuliffe News segment for the week. And even he chimed in. He was like, so to put that in perspective, at 75,000 cigars, that is like three rollers worth or three pairs of rollers work for an entire year that were stolen in one grab. Wow. Now, right, there's yeah. so many parts to this story. And we, you know, as you know, on the show, when we do our news segment, we do the headline and we do a little bit of banter and we kind of move on. But we're really going to get into and dissect this a little bit more here. Uh, but there's just so many parts to this. Like, first of all, what do you do with 75,000 stolen cigars? So it's like, depending on who took them, like, where are you keeping them? Who, like, what are you going to do with them? You know what I mean? Like, so you're going to warehouse these and then like slowly sell them. Or like, are you, are, are you going to try and sell them to someone else as a bulk on the on a black market? So what, what do you do with 75,000 cigars that are hot? It's always, mean, been, the, it's always been the $10,000 question with this. Uh, it, it's like you, you take that many. What are you doing with them? Now, you take a couple of boxes. All right. Keep they never and they never surface. It yeah. seems like these things, they, they just disappear into oblivion. My my guess is. If I had to take an educated guess, let's say, I mean, there's a couple different scenarios, but here's one. Here's here's a scenario, a, a very educated guess. We see that we've seen this with automobiles as well, stolen cars. Maybe they go right into a shipping container and they get sent out to Asia or Europe somewhere, and they get dealt mm-hmm. with over there. And by the time we get over there, like no one gives a shit. It's just, oh, I know a guy who's got inventory. Okay. Yep. Um. Maybe that's what happened. Um, I, I doubt that someone's sitting on those for themselves just to have. That's a lot of cigars. To sm- I'm not going to smoke 75,000 cigars in my lifetime. Where are you going to keep me humidified? Yeah. Where are you going to keep me humidified? Uh, even if you gave some away. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, really? Like, what is the most logical solution? Um, 
you know, and there was some people who commented on it and had some some very interesting ideas. I had one person say to me, which I thought this was uh, intriguing. I don't even know if I want to say it on the air because I don't want anyone to think it came from me, but it's not. Uh, I heard one person say, as crazy as it may sound, well, what if it's an inside job? And I was well, like, and that always and that has highly... always come... well, okay, but there's two definitions of inside job. Usually, it's not necessarily someone who works in the warehouse, but someone who's been in the warehouse and knows the lay of the land. Um, when Casa Cuevas got robbed, um, I I did go to the warehouse and they showed me where they came in and stuff. And you know, if someone went on a tour of that warehouse, um, they can easily, easily, um, probably feed some information back. Um, I don't think any of these jobs are someone's trying to do it to get insurance money. I mean, that's re- no, that's not the case. No. No. Um, but I do think it's someone that has prior knowledge uh, of of the lay of the land. Um, and certainly, look, I'll say this, no. This Christians beyond reproach here with this. Uh, this is his, look at the cost. Just put it into perspective here. You're not you're not doing that. Um, so I'll dismiss that piece. Um, but I, I think there is this, you know, if you, you could see, like I said, with the consequences, it was very clear. You had to know exactly where to drill that hole and stuff like that. Right. I mean, it's, if you're a good thief and you don't get caught, usually you have a lot of education on what you're taking, where it is, how to get in. Why these rooms are like- more secured is, is beyond me though. That's the part I'm just baffled on. Well, I believe I thought um, uh, JRE, also part of the Aroa family, that's Husto and, and separate warehouse. And yep, yeah, yep. separate warehouse, separate set. They also got robbed. I think it was last year, wasn't it? Thanksgiving. Um, and I could tell you when I went to see Husto back in May, they have like some really crazy motion detectors. Um, to prevent that, like they have one of the most one of the most sophisticated motion detectors in there now. I don't think they'll get robbed again. <laughs> That's what I'll say. And then the uh, the uh, the Casa Cuevas robbery that was also somewhat recent. When was that? Was that last year as well? Casa Cuevas was uh, actually 2019. So it was two years ago. Yeah. So I mean, in the last two years, I mean, CLE's been hit, JRE's been hit, Casa Cuevas has been hit. I feel like there's been one one other big one. Um, that is alluding. I thought I thought there was another one, um, but yeah, I mean, there was Bugatti got hit. Bugatti got hit. Bugatti got hit. I yeah. did hear about that one. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Christian's been hit before. It's not the first time he got hit right a few years ago. Yeah. So I mean, it's interesting. It really is. It, it's you know such you know mass cigar heist from these manufacturers warehouses has been uh, you know. Interesting to say the least. I yeah. Mean... Um, I'll tell you where I was disappointed with CLE. Did okay. you get a media release on this? No, I didn't get one, and neither did anyone in the media. Really? But every retailer got it, and I know CLE has a media list. So my question is, why wasn't this sent to the media? That's a pretty big oversight, you know. Um, you want to get as much out there as possible with this. Did Charlie Minato get one? No, I mean I look. Let me tell you, I, I found out about it after a retailer got it, and um, I didn't print it. Um, at that point, it was a, because at that point, 
most of the news was already out there uh, when the retailer when finally shared it with me. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, a, it's time and money on my end um, to do that. And then that list of the cigars came out later in the week. Uh, you know, look, look, there's a point where I had to just make a decision on this right now. And, uh, you know, to put out a story, that's not going to get a lot of hits at this point. Um, that should have been sent to the media immediately. In my opinion, it's, it's again, it's not, it's not me being sour grapes. It's just, again, priorities start to take over here. And, and I just, I only have so many hours of the day. Yeah. Wasn't it a, a Fuente container got stolen or lost? Fuente ago. had a whole container gets. Yep. Yeah. Fuente got a whole container gets yeah. stolen. So, so um, got a whole but the important thing is, you know, Christian went out, he put a video out there and everything on it too. So it's not like he didn't, you know, but again, I didn't know about that video until days later. Um, I said, I just started hearing about this. Here was the other interesting thing. I'm going to say how this was reported. Okay. So, you know, and Charlie's on top of stuff, right? But they put the Patoro story out first before the CLE story. And, which I thought was interesting, right? Right. Patoro is in there because Sealy years ago used to distribute them. Um, and then Patoro started going with the UPS direct program out of the Reyes fact because they make this cause in the Dominican and it made more sense for them to kind of work with the Reyes thing. But like I said, I think Christians, they have a good relationship from what I understand and saying, hey, if you need to store stuff, hey, I got the space to do it. So I, that's why the Patoro stuff was in there. But I thought it was interesting that they reported the Patoro story first, then the CLE story. Then they went back to the Patoro story and said it was the same robbery. Right. Um, yeah, I'm trying to pull up the list in front of me of uh, what cigars were stolen so we can read that off here. Uh, just give me one moment. Uh, yeah. I should have that right here. Uh, the list was Asylum 8. Asylum 13, Asylum Insidious, Asylum, uh, how do you say this? Nyctophilia. Nyctophilia, uh, good cigar, by the way. Uh, I don't think I've had that one, actually. Maduro, um, it's a good cigar. Yeah. I've had all the others except for that one. CLE, Connecticut, Corojo, and Habano, Aroa, Aroa CBT, the Lobotomy, the Medulla, and the Shizo. We're all. So the Lobotomy is a big, a big catalog brand. One. That's yeah. Not, you know, that's a, that's a, again, that's, that's a big loss for them. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, as well as some of Patoro's inventory as well, as we mentioned. So yep. um, it's a good size heist. So, I mean, but again, it's like, where are they going? I mean, they, they have to be whoever took it. I, I'm, I'm going with they got it in a container and they sent it out of the country. That's the only thing I can think of. Unless they're unboxing and unbanding yeah. all those cigars and then, you know, rebanding them and selling them as something else. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. And maybe it's a combination of both. I don't know. You know, I just, I, what do you do with 75,000 cigars? Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, you, it's, there's never, you know, it's never been an end. But I think these things, the majority of them, like you said, I think they, they get, they get them out of there real fast. They probably find someone to sell them to who's going to take them overseas. Absolutely. So, hey, I got this deal on cigars, you know. And then they take it overseas, and, and it's, it's done. So I think it's, it's moved quickly there. How a Fuente container disappears, that's one of the unsolved mysteries. Uh, you know, so, and it, you know, but it happened, obviously. Uh, so, yeah, you also wonder, you know, was it, was it full of, like, uh, Hemingway and, and Chateau Fuente, or was it full of, like, Opus X? I, I <laughs> yeah, I mean, that could be a little different story. I think there was a lot of Opus X in there, from what I re- remember. Yeah. 
I, I, yeah, I, that I think the same. Yeah. See, I think Fuente is a little different. Actually, Opus X getting that on that could be something that you know that's got a prize on it. Nothing against the CLE stuff, but uh, well, Aroa CBT is a really good scar. I, it's it's still not um, it's still not as like uh, Holy Grail as Opus X is what I'm getting at. Yeah, I uh, I can see where maybe if someone stole it, there's a there's a high secondary market to flip it, sell it, even if you do yeah. it slowly. I mean, I know uh, look, they're not un- they're not going back and unbanding these cigars in their garage. That's what I'm kind of getting at. They yeah, they get rid of them quick. They they they, they want to get rid of these things as quick as possible. Is my guess. Yeah, it, it, it could be as simple as someone's already looking for something. They yeah. know they get someone. Oh, excuse me. They yeah. know they have someone they're gonna hit. They already have a plan for where they're going and what they're doing with it and all that. Um, And it kind of just goes from there. Um, And they, they, they get it, they send it out. Uh, But nonetheless, it's still interesting. It's just, it's, it's, it's very interesting as to kind of how this unfolded and then where it goes from there. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, one thing about Casa Cuevas back to this media thing again, they when they got robbed, the media knew about it like right away. The retailers knew about it right away. And by the afternoon, the local news station was down there getting this on the local news. So I, I don't know. I think I think they could have been a better job at publicizing this, is what I'm getting. I guarantee if they called a local station, they would have came down on this. So absolutely. absolutely. And I think and especially if there's a bigger story with this that's brewing, call the same reporter that um did the Casa Cuevas thing, maybe, and kind of put them on it. You know, maybe they, they do some investigative reporting in the area or something. So I, I, I just think, you know, maybe, you know, again, I feel horrible they're robbed and everything. Uh, I hope, you know, terrible inventory is lost. Terrible when these things happen. But, you know, there, there's you want to you want to really spread the word as much as possible. Well, as if there wasn't already enough of a cigar shortage, you know, an inventory for retailers. Yeah. You have 75,000 cigars. You got in the warehouse. You're ready yeah. to, to ship out to retailers who have been waiting for that inventory. Then it's gone. It's lost time. It's lost money. It's it, it and there, and people are already struggling to keep up with inventory as it is. And now you get that much stolen. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I remember there was an incident. I think I can talk about this on the air now. Um, there was an incident that happened recently, much smaller scale. But uh, so our friend, Jonathan Carney, executive vice president of sales for La Florida Dominicana, uh, is a very good friend of both of ours. And he recently was doing an event in uh, Colorado. And he had had a whole shipment of cigars for an event um, shipped to his hotel. So that way, when he arrived, you know, they they would be there or whatever. He didn't have to travel with them. Um, And so when he arrived at said hotel, he was told that the cigars were missing. um, And that it was, you know, at the time it was the mentality was, oh, these were probably stolen because the hotel had no idea where they went. Apparently they had received them and then they had disappeared. Um, And it wasn't until I want to say it was after he already did the event and left. He got a call saying that they had been found in housekeeping or something like that. Um, And I just remember it being like that whole story just seems so peculiar. It's almost like they went missing and kind of word got out and maybe someone was starting to kind of be like, Oh, never mind." And then they would just, they were found sitting somewhere like in the, in the back of the hotel somewhere like, Oh yeah. Wow. What a, what a coincidence, you know, and the box, I think, I think the box had been opened too. 
if if I remember correctly, I, I could be wrong, so don't don't get upset, right. John, if you hear that. Um, but I th- I think the box was open too, so it's like people knew what was inside, and so I don't know. I mean, people people have some weird yeah ways about them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it's definitely something that happens um, from time to time. Another point uh, that came up this week that I thought was really interesting was uh, another celebrity is getting into the game of having a cigar made for themselves. Uh, this time, it's none other than Ari Gold himself. Mr. Jeremy Piven yep. uh, has inked a deal with Illusion to have the, I believe it's called the Piv, um, made. Yep. Uh, and that will be debuting, I want to say, beginning of next year. Can't remember well, exactly. No, actually, it's, it's debuting in October. Oh, it's oh, it's coming out now. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's coming um, out. So that that'll be interesting. October is going to be a, a fun uh, debut yep. month. You got Ferry yep. Otago. You got this new Jeremy Piven cigar. Um, cool. What's your take on? Like you know, we've seen the Carl Malone come out. Uh, what, what's your take on like these these celebrities just kind of getting these these cigars out there? Just almost like it's just another thing they can just add to their portfolio, but they're not really part of the cigar game. It's more like, well, I'll have a cigar made for me. And then it's like, Oh, Hey. Um, first of all, this was the worst kept secret in the cigar industry (laughs) because, because retailers (laughs) had this up on their sites already. Right. Um, so, but, but that, that aside, so, you know, I had the opportunity to interview Armand DeSante, uh, back in May. Yes. Armand interview. Thank you. And, you know, we talked about this question with Armand and look, Armand had a great cigar made for him by Victor Vital. He did. That cigar is fantastic. But the cigar had no distribution. That's been the problem with a lot of these celebrities. If they don't have the distribution, they tend to go south very quickly. Right. So, you know, for example, like Gary Sheffield and Ray Lewis had the distribution through Rocky. Right. Those those did very, very well. Um. I'm not sure what's going on with the Carl Malone distribution. It's something see, I know it's through, available through Miami, but something's off with that, right? Um, I don't see that store. I don't see that cigar a lot, right? So I'm not sure what's going on. I don't know if there's, from what I understand, Miami still distributes it, but something's off with that. Hmm. So, so my thing is, yes, they can get a good cigar, um, and the key thing is going to be distribution with that. Um, the cigar that that. Look, the Piven cigar looks really good. It, it's look, it's going to be using Corojo 2012 on the binder, right? Which mm-hmm. this is what Agonors and you know, Illusione, it's through Illusione. Illusione makes their cigars and sources their tobacco through Agonorsa, right? They, there's not a lot of Corojo 2012 out there. So there's something I want to smoke this cigar, don't get me wrong, but nothing to do with it because it's Jeremy Piven. Um, but that's my thoughts. I mean, my thoughts on this is if they don't have the distribution with these cigars, it could be the best cigar in the world, um, and it's going to fail. Illusioni's ramped up their distribution in the last couple of years, uh, for sure. They, I think they've really been focusing on that. So I think there's a good chance for success with it. Also, I think you got to talk about promotion, right? Uh, Jeremy Piven, do you see Jeremy Piven going to cigar shops promoting this brand? No, but typically... That's not, I mean, I don't, Armand did a little bit of it. Armand, they did have Armand at some shops. I think Jeremy will be at maybe some very select lounges to do it. 
theater. Right. So Grand Havana Room in New York, LA. I think it'll be those. You'll see like three or four of those. I don't see them going to like my local Jeremy Piven going to my local shop promoting this cigar. Though. I don't. Right. Now, I didn't even see Jeremy Piven promoting the cigar on his Facebook page. So, um, you know, that's, but I'm sure he doesn't run his Facebook page either. So, also true. Look, I'm a huge Ari Gold fan too. I mean, one of the great characters in television history, in my opinion. Oh, um, so no, no, no question. Yeah. So, I think I think there will be some interest. I don't think Jeremy Piven is Armand Desante though either. No, he's not. I mean, there's a big difference, right? But at the same time, Illusione had much better distribution than Victor Vitale had. Right. So you, know, you look at it like that. Yeah, I, I always just find it interesting, you know, when you see that stuff. Uh, and, 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 and it's like, for example, look at the liquor industry, right? There's so many celebrities yeah. that have like a, like a vodka. Yeah. Or now you're seeing, you know, people getting into bourbon. Uh, like Metallica's got a bourbon. Scotty Pippen's got a bourbon. Right. I mean, look at all the the rappers are in like uh, cognac and vodka and champagne. And, you know, uh, like Jay-Z owns half of Ace of Spades and you know, yep. like 50 Cent's got a cognac now and like Diddy's in vodka. And, yep. and it's like it's, it's so, there's so many celebrities that are like in the in the liquor game and there's not quite as many in the cigar business, um, but th- there's a good amount. There's a it's good been, amount. The track record has been pretty bad, though. Yeah. It's been a pretty bad track record. Uh, I'm going back to when the Mario Andretti cigar came out. One of the worst cigars I ever smoked, by the way. So I, I but they didn't. They, they went with some little company, uh, Pacific Cigar. I remember. Uh, they weren't going to be able to move that cigar. Uh, Ditka used to have before he went to Camacho. Ditka had a line and it was out of Illinois and it didn't do much. I can tell you that it didn't have the distribution. Right. So that's. I really think that. That is the I, I think anyone can give someone a really good cigar, but now getting that in the market, that's that's a challenge. Uh, liquor's I think liquor's a little different story, though, because I think a lot of these companies that are doing it. They have they have much stronger distribution. It's harder to get distribution in the liquor business, but the ones who have it have it and they do right. well. With it. I think it's also it could be argued we can and I'll open up this floor for uh, for conversation. Yeah, I think the liquor sales probably outweigh cigar sales very much because there's much more people who drink than people who smoke. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's a given. So there's a much bigger market for it, too. Not that I was even trying to compare it, just, you know, just for the sake of like, you know, things like that, yeah. that celebrities usually get their hand into, you know, liquor is a big one. I mean, obviously, there's this clothing and all this other yeah. stuff, but but like the most comparable to our industry would be like the liquor industry. So, um but seeing more and more celebrities starting to get into the cigar industry the last couple of years. Um, I mean, and there's a few who, and maybe they have, and I just don't know, but there's a few who I'm surprised don't like, I'm surprised, you know, I'm surprised, you know, Jordan, Michael Jordan, you know, didn't have something made for himself. I know we love smoke and all sorts of other stuff that's already existing, but like being the businessman that he is, is it big enough for him though? Is a question. That's true. Yeah. I guess that's a good way to look at it too. Um, you know, you look at people like, you know, Schwarzenegger and Stallone and big, big celebrity cigar smokers. I mean, I don't think I those, I think those guys probably smoke just as much as, as as we do, if not more. I mean, especially Arnold. I think Arnold smokes more than anyone. Um, but, yeah, I just I it's just I just thought it was a very interesting uh, topic. Little, little, uh, thing going on there. Let me add on to that. 
name me a really good celebrity cigar that has had some longevity in the marketplace. That's a good point, too. The closest I can think of was the Ditka stuff with Camacho. And that was mostly limited releases they were doing. And I very, very faintly remember that. Yeah, the Ditka cigars came out around two, 2013. Uh, it's like 2006. He had a three or four year contract with them. Right. I mean, they're the ones. I mean, look, the Ray Lewis and Gary Sheffield, I just don't see them a lot. I don't see the David Ortiz ones a lot. Obviously, oh, yeah. Tom, David Ortiz is another one. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Good. I mean, again, um, I think I think, though, David Ortiz, I think they've been slow with that one. I think they're being very smart how they're pushing that cigar out. They're not trying to make a big splash early on. I think they've targeted markets. So yeah, they're not I trying to get too a, ahead of themselves. They're 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 they're, they're they, taking it slow and steady. Yeah. yeah. And they've Ram, done a good job with that. Yeah, Ram and Kevin know what they're doing with that one. I think that's the one I would watch, but I think they're just not trying, like you said, I think they're trying they're they're just being very smart about what they're doing. Um It'll be interesting because Armand's supposed to be coming back with a cigar with Placencia. Um, and if they go through Placencia, who's got a pretty good distribution team now, they have a good sales team. Uh, I think that's a good move for him. Right. Um, as well. So, but the answer is, there's not a lot of these that have just been like smash hits that have been really good cigars. I mean, you just, they're, they, the track record's there. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like it's one of those things where it just, it doesn't, there's so many different reasons why it doesn't get enough legs for longevity. Like, you know, you, you bring up the longevity. And I think that's really, really important. I mean, the David Ortiz one, I forgot about um, that one. Actually, they've been doing good with, uh, I've seen it popping up more and more and more uh, shops. They, yep. They've done some line extensions to it already. It, it's, it's going in the right, it's a little slow. It's slow, but I think, I think that's a deliberate plan. And I think, you know, don't forget that L Artista is a newer, brand as well yes i mean they've been making stuff for a long time but but you know they're getting into the now the brand distribution and that takes a while to do it does i mean even just for themselves let alone you bring it on like this this celebrity line that you got going on too Uh, very good cigar too i mean i still have like half a box um as well as a couple of samples from uh some of the newer sizes that i got at the trade show and then on top of that um i do have one of the uh the bats that came in the uh, nice, nice. I, I have it. It's been sitting in there for a while. I'm saving it for the right moment. Yeah. Matt, um, let me tell you the, the year at the trade show, David was there. The line was around the corner for him. Oh, at the trade I, show. I, yeah. I believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It was crazy. That was what? 2019. No, it was, I think 18, 18. It was bears first show. That's why. Yeah. Uh, and like bear, we can't take, <laughs> we can't take two hours away to line for David Ortiz. I'm sorry. <laughs> I had to break his heart on that one. I'm like, we just can't. Um, I thought I heard that Carl Malone was at a trade show. He was. He was at the. Um, was he was TPE? at TPE. He was at TPE, and he was at um, PCA. I mean, IPCPR twice. Uh, I interviewed Carl Malone at the 2020 TPE. So there's an interview out there I did with him. Hmm. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Uh, great. I. They were very, very. I mean, I'm just surprised. That's his thing they seem like they're doing all the right things. Yeah. Cigar. I like the cigar. I, I think they had a distribution plan. I haven't seen that cigar move for whatever reason. And, and so something that one baffles me a bit because it seemed like this was a company that understood everything. And Carl understood everything with this. So maybe it's a slow work in progress too, is the only way I could think of. 
Yeah, you know, while we're kind of on this on a related topic, you know, talking about Lugione, you know, they they announced this. They also this week they announced that they're going to be taking on Carolina Blue. Um, yeah, <laughs> which I know we, we've we've talked about on the Spare Note Show before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've I've had some uh, some thoughts on that company. Um, I'm not going to bring it up again uh, and get in, and waste and waste any of my airtime with it. Um, but you know, uh, earlier this year, they also, they took on, uh, Amendola, which I love those yep. guys. Those guys are great. Yep. Oh, they're great guys. Um, and the cigars are good too. Yeah. They're very, very good. Yep. Um, so, you know, they're, they're, they're going in the right direction. I mean, they're growing, they're growing, but they're bringing some people in. Um, Cavalier Geneva is the other one. Um, yeah, I think they're, they, they have, uh, they have the facilities to help these companies. Um, I think it's, I think these have been good moves for them. Um, it seems like I said, Dion's been focusing a lot on distribution the last five years. He's made a lot of internal changes and, uh, Brian Matola's in there now, uh, kind of doing a lot of the operations for him. So I think certainly, uh, this is a good thing for him and the companies coming in there. I, I think working with Dion, uh, has got to be nothing but positive, uh, in Illusion. I can't see any negatives. I haven't heard anyone complain about it either. So. You know, there's been a, I feel like distribution, and it's funny, we talk about that topic, right? There's been a lot of companies who are getting more into distribution, getting bigger, getting better with it. You're seeing a lot more, at least from my perspective, I feel like you're seeing more cigar brokers or independent cigar brokers now, and it's a lot less of um the companies themselves putting their reps on the road it's they've got smaller teams now there's these these brokers out there pushing it for them um do you think that the sales game uh, both in in distribution and in, in representation and, and on all and all levels of it do you think that uh we're seeing a, a major change here in the way that the scar industry is being run yeah, I think we are. Uh, I think brokers have been around forever. They um, have, but I feel like I just I'm maybe it's just me, but I feel like I'm seeing more and more of it going towards brokerages. I as have, of, as except of lately. here's what I'm seeing in the southeast: like brands are switching brokers left and right, like hot potatoes. They're they're not staying very long with these like brokers, and uh, you know it's very few. I mean, is there's a few super brokers out there. But there's very few taking brand X and taking it to the next level. And the idea is take it to the next level to a point where they want to bring the distribution in-house, right? I'm just not seeing a lot of that anymore. Um, it seems like the brands are just like hot potatoes. They're floating all around there. Um, and like I said, some brokers are, are great brokers and some of them are not. Um, uh, but I think what's happened is obviously taking on payroll in, in this time, Companies are being, that's why I think there's a shift. I think companies are looking at this closely right now. But there's certain companies that have looked at it and they say, broker model doesn't work for us. I mean, look at McCallop, I think is a good example. I mean, yeah. I think, and I think, look, I think that it didn't work for them. And I think now we're seeing what, the tightness and the job that Andy Yaffe is doing with that team, with the Salesforce. Um, but certainly they can take on that. You know, they're a company that has the resources to take on that. Um, I, I like how you bring up McAuliffe because McAuliffe's a, a company who, and this is not just because Dan's watching. This is yeah, I know Dan's watching. Yeah, it, but it, it is, same. 
It, it is what it is. And I'm gonna give I'm gonna give uh and I'm gonna give them some small tough love too. Um just to make it just to make it honest. Um mm. they have done a really good job. They've done a really good job with their sales. Um, not only like their boots on the ground in the shops and all that and getting the cigars there and, and getting with people. Um uh, and Kyle Bush takes the lead. Yeah, boy. Um that's right, Kyle Bush out front. Listen, if you hate Kyle Bush, you just suck it because I'm, I'm a Kurt Bush guy, but I don't hate Kyle. You know, it's like I meant to the general public, but yeah, uh, it, 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 for me in my book, it's uh, the Earnhardts have always have always had a very special place in my heart. Um, growing up, that's what my grandparents watched. They were Earnhardt family. Um, Kyle, then Kurt, then anyone at Joe Gibbs Racing. And then from there, probably Kevin Harvick. I don't like the Penske guys at all. I hate that team with a passion, especially Brad Keselowski. I, I can't stand him. Um, anyway, getting back to this. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, they've done a really good job. Um, they have also with their social media and their online presence and connecting with people and not even the consumers, the way they got the ambassador program, Facebook group. It's, it's, they, do, they, they got video their own content. Yep. They are firing on all cylinders. They've done a really great job. Last year, you know, Obviously, the biggest news with them was they pulled out of um, a couple of retailers and um, you know, like Cigars International and whatnot. And they're they're focusing more on their regular brick and mortar retail accounts. Uh, they want to be exclusive to them. Um, I think that was a good move for them. You know, they've gotten away from brokerages and they've got their own strong sales force. That's been good for them. Um, they've been very involved in a lot of events. That's been good for them. They didn't go to the trade shows. Although again, you know, we know why they didn't go. They didn't go for for some very solid business reasons. Totally, That's yeah. totally respectful as well. Yep. Smart move. Conserve that money for bigger and better things. I would say, uh, and I've never said this publicly, but I'm going to um, because I, I just and I and I mean this with with you know with some strong you know tough love criticism. I've always just kind of felt looking at the McAuliffe profile, they have a lot of good stuff. Um, you know, arguably the best cigar they make right now is the, actually I have one right with me, McAuliffe. Uh, it's in my it's in my repertoire for tonight. Uh, arguably, like McAuliffe is the best cigar they have. It's very flavorful, very well made. You know, their whole legacy of the the um the Leyenda is fantastic. The Magdalia is fantastic. Um, the um the Reserva that Nicole and I smoked as a, that was a that was a gift from McAuliffe. Um from the, the five count box. Those are fantastic. Um, I've always felt though, though, that for a smaller company, they have a lot of skews and it it's concerning for me just as they're trying to grow to have so many. And I don't know. Do you, how do you feel that impacts their, their position where they are right now? Yeah. I know we talked a lot about this when Dan was on the show a couple weeks ago, you got to remember when they came out, the time they launched this company was 2016, 17 timeframe. Mm-hmm. There was this just no one knew what the FDA was going to bring to the table. OK, so people wanted to get as much into the market as possible. But look at what they're doing now. They're being yeah, they're being very controlled with their growth. And I think that it's not they don't feel pressure to come out with a new brand. So they're focusing on some of their key brands and doing some key extensions like some Toro sizes where they're adding in. I think they're being very smart. Um, and they are, they are addressing 
that issue. There's no question about it, but you can't, you know, and I think it's, you know, I don't think the answer is to pull the skews either. So I think they're, I look, I, I think they're, they're, they're doing a good job executing on that, but that's going to take time. That was unfortunately something. And, and uh, that um, they had little, you know, like FDA was just, it, I don't, I don't know how much you were following the industry in 2017. I mean, people were just putting stuff out there. Well, there right, because the mentality was we got to get it out there now. There was this, there was this concept called stealth releases that were being released, where people were just throwing brands out with, and just getting them into a store for the sake of saying they had a brand on the market. But Calf didn't do that. No. Calf literally wants these brands and supported these brands, and I give them so much credit for not taking the stealth cigar approach um, and and going with this route. So I think I think it's going to take some time. Like I said, I'd love to see a new McAuliffe line come out at some point, but. I think the more the health of the company right now, take the approach they're taking is the right approach. It's just going to take a little time. But you're right; they have a lot of screws. There's no, there's no question about it. Yeah, I mean they have, and they kind of have two core divisions within their within their lineup too. I mean they have the legacy collection, yep, with you know all of their, um, you know the 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 end is the and then they have the whole bold collection which is really a whole separate area which is made completely separately um you know with all the bold line that they have and it always to me just kind of seemed like wow there's a lot going on here um wouldn't that be a little bit hard to you know to grow a small company having maybe too much to offer um but as you i I, they're very structured with how they're doing it and i'll give them that too um, it, there's brands out there that, you know, they launch with, you know, six or seven lines right out the gate. And it's like, what are you doing? Like you, you gotta, you gotta start with, you gotta start with a smaller and kind of build your reputation on that. You can't, they, can't just they, come out guns blazing. Yeah. 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 I mean, they had a little more resources where they were able to do that, obviously. Uh, but I will say this as if there's a company that's operationally sound, well, McAuliffe's one and a lot of companies should take a look at what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, uh, they ha- and their staff too. I mean, the people that have worked with them have a, like look at Dan for example. I mean, Dan spent twenty years working at Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Uh, the McAuliffe family is is in other major industries. Yep. Um, you know, the biggest thing that they do, and a lot of people even realize, is you know their day to day is you know working in the the silicone industry, and that's what they do. And and Amanda and Dan and all they work on that they work in that department too for McAuliffe. Um, and then the cigars is like a whole separate company that they run. So, I mean, these people know what they're doing um, business wise. They get some strong business sense about them. I'll, I, I, I absolutely give them that, you know, they, they know what they're doing in terms of, you know, putting that kind of system together. So I, I get that too, you know, and I, I've had this conversation with people before. It's like, it's interesting when you look at cigars too, because, and even class Kellner even kind of, kind of touched on this in, in certain, in a certain way about like, I mean, you have people who are farmers, and they grow tobacco and they, they roll tobacco and then going to sell the cigars and do, you know, sales and all that is very different. And I, I, I'm trying to remember how he put this, but I think he almost put it as he noticed that it, it, it's better when people kind of go from growing and rolling to now getting into like the sales and the corporate part of it um, versus when you're like corporate and you just sell and then you're like, let's get into growing our stuff. Um, I remember we had a small discussion on this week's show kind of about how it goes both ways. And it's usually better when a company grows from the beginning up because they have that appreciation for the entire process. And they know, 
you know, what it takes just to get it to the market and then go from there versus like, you know how to sell it. And then you try to go into like the beginning process and you have to kind of relearn this whole other part of the industry. You have really no experience in, which is arguably more challenging than the sales side of the industry. Um, you know, just getting into growing tobacco and caring for it and rolling it and, 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 and blending and uh, the, the quality control that they go through and, and the, bl- the blend sampling that they do as the cigars are being rolled and the tobacco sampling and all that. I mean, that's pretty involved. And you really got to know, you really are really going to know tobacco to do that. You can't just be like, well, I'm a good salesman. You know, a good salesman can sell anything, you know, yep. but you got to know tobacco. Um, I just thought that was worth mentioning too. So, I mean, McAuliffe being where they are and doing as good as they are, uh, it's not easy to do either. I, I want to say that it's not yeah. easy to do. They've done a very good job of it. Yeah, they really have. I mean, and you look at how McAuliffe A became a hit for them mm-hmm. and uh, the job that Andy and his team did, you know, with the, with the, uh, you know, the, the pre-release of that, um, you know, I, I just thought it was the to be named. Um, it was, I mean, it executed so well and uh, it's such a popular cigar. People go back to that cigar. So um, they did a great job with that. In Bellevue and the Ambassadors, uh, just they have a really good uh, chain, supply chain, it seems like. From they really get it at all angles. I mean, they, they have yeah, the... Yeah. They got the customer base directly, you know, they got yep. the ambassador program. Yep. They have their, uh, they got that tasting passport program they, really yeah. ties them in. So they got the, they got the consumers engaged. They you do. Know, they're, they're focusing more on their, their partnerships with their retailers that they do business with. Yep. They have a really good connection with, you know, their factory in Nicaragua where the, most of their stuff is made. Uh, they just, they, they got it all on all cylinders. And I'll be honest with you, McAuliffe wasn't even on the notes for tonight. We just kind of got we here. just kind of we kind of just went to that, yeah. But that's what happens, and 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 it's and it's it's a good topic to talk. We about. went from celebrity cigars, yeah, but but yeah, to that, yeah. Um, you know, another one that has been, I mean, and, and well, maybe not another. But this there's a whole collection of smaller brands that are on the rise right now. Um, you know, we've seen you know through boutique brands. I think boutique brands. I, well, I mean, and again, we kind of get into the discussion. Well, what is a boutique brand and what qualifies and all that? And how big are we talking about? When you talk about like real, real small brands, a brand like Nova, um, Nova cigars, good brand, uh, good cigars. Um, you know, we've done business with them in the past at smoking tobacco. Um, great people over there. You know, they're a small, small brand, but they're, they're steadily, they're growing. Uh, yeah. now another one is, uh, our friend Gerard over at um, Jake Wyatt Cigars, you know, uh, they've been doing a really good job. A real small brand, but he's, he's getting his name out there. He's growing it slow. They got some really good product, too. Oh, he does. Really, uh, yeah. And yeah. I just and I, and I love how, you know, and Gerard's also, you know, he owns MotorCigar.com. So, I mean, he, he, he is a retailer. He knows retail. He knows sales. He knows that end of it. How he's yep. in manufacturing and he's got his own stuff. and he's He's got his own tobacco that he's working with. Um, yep. and he was on the show recently, you know, talking about Jake Wyatt and it's interesting, you know, we talked about, you know, he's got some cigars that are some really funky, cool looking cigars. And you look at him and you're like, wow, this looks like some of the like rare stuff that I've picked up. And, and it's, and it's a cigar that's, it's pretty good and it's much more affordable and easier to find. Uh, and I love how he talked about like the strategy going into that was like, yeah, well, like you look at, you know, he, like, he's got some cigars that look like the BBMFs. 
from uh, Arturo Fuente. And he's got some other stuff that looks like um, kind of the stuff that like John's making with LFD with their Solomon Unico line. And there's some real intricate stuff on the, on the, the shapes and the, and the multi wrappers that they use and the patterns and designs. And, um, and his biggest thing was like, yeah, well, I want it to be eye catching and I want it to look like um, I want it to look like those ultra rare, ultra premium cigars that are hard to find but are accessible uh because he's like what what is something that people do with cool cigars they take pictures of it and put it on social media and he's like so he's like why don't we like in a sense it was like why don't we make it easier for people to to post stuff like that and get make more cigars get them in their hands and then yep. they'll and, and it, it, it turned into this this marketing thing with the whole creation of the cigar and it's like wow that's brilliant um, you know, kind of thinking outside the box a little bit. So, I mean, he's but, done a good job of really trying to think differently to get his brand out there. Yeah. Uh, and you're but seeing they got these... they got to beef up the distribution. Oh yeah, no they point. do. They yeah. definitely do. Yeah. And, and I big, think the, and yeah, I, he's got the product. There's no question about it. And I think he will with time. I think yeah. he will. I, I, yeah. Um, I think that I think he will with time and uh, it just it's just it's nice to see some of these smaller brands you know really hitting the ground really growing on themselves and and competing for shelf space with these big names yep i mean there's there's i mean you look behind each of us you know we got big names behind us you know big companies they're pushing a lot of cigars but there's a lot of small people um mm -hmm. out there who are who are who are surviving and doing very well yep absolutely um the uh the tatuaje Monster Mash, uh, hitting stores just in yep. time for the fall. Yep. Really cool stuff. Now, that's interesting because it features one of every previous Monster Series release that Pete has done um, with the addition of a new one for this year. Creature. Uh, which, which is a creature from um, the creature from the swamp. Um, and that is the only thing that's different about it uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that while they're all existing monster releases, they all are um, a different size. They're shorter, aren't they? Short, they're shorter, but they're the same width, the same yeah. ring gauge. The same ring gauge, but they're shorter cigars. Yeah. Um, and it's a really cool concept. And, you know, and Pete's done, an, uh, he's another one who's, I mean, he's, he's more larger scale now, but I mean, he's another one of those brands that's just really done a great job with like his uh his marketing and his technique of just getting his his he does a lot of small releases and micro releases store exclusives and uh well he's not really doing as many story exclusives anymore i know he's kind of gotten away from that but he's still doing a lot of small batch stuff um yeah what's your uh what's and and and, and well it, at the show you know we were at the show we saw the monster mash sample set at the show but we also saw uh, and we've talked about this before in other episodes. Uh, we saw the advent calendar that he's coming out with as yep. a couple other people. And so yep. that's another thing. So, what, I mean, what's your kind of, what's your thought on like these companies just kind of working with these, I, there's definitely a different approach to the marketing that these manufacturers are going with nowadays. It's not just, Hey, we're coming out with this and this is the box and whatever. There's a lot more limited. I mean, look at Ferry Otego. Um, without, you know, trying to get too much into that again, you know, with Michael's release of Ferrero Tego, it's still being yeah. kind of sold as a limited production. You know, everything's being sold as limited production, you know, and I, I, I guess to reopen this conversation, do you think that there's too many of those still? 
or do you think that this is you know more of just a marketing thing? Um, there, I think the Furrier Tagle and the Pete thing are different, right? So, what Pete, what his strategy seemed like at the trade show, is he he didn't really introduce a new brand, but he kind of found ways to kind of extend or reinvigorate a lot of his tried and true stuff, right? Um, the T110s even more something that were previously released as store exclusives. Right. But I thought the I thought the Monster series. I thought the time was right for another sampler. It had been a few years. I'm excited about the sampler more than any other sampler that he's released because these are just basically shorter versions of the original monsters. And so it's the same ring gauge. The Pudgies, the Pudgies, I forget what the deal was with them. They were same width but different ring same ring gauge with different the pudgies was similar in that mode i want to say the skinnies would the skinnies were unique right because the skinnies were every cigar was the same size so you had this this petite lance arrows the casadores and the, and, the, and the full lance arrows but every monster was the same size at um so they were kind of a little different i wasn't too excited about lance arrows or casadores either this one's got me excited right now yeah um so, okay, the Pudgies were the same. They were the same height. They were the same length as the Littles, uh, but the ring gauge was the same. So Pudgies were in a similar boat as well, but they were, they were just the size of the, the, um, the Little Monsters. Right. I, I know I'm screwing that up, right? But the point I was going to make was... I, I, I'm <laughs> following what you're saying. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... And don't forget, Pete's got a monster coming out in, in October, which is the um, which is the um, Frank re-release. Well, no, the Frank re-release. Oh, that yes, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. So that's coming out as well. So I thought this was a good. I think it was time to kind of come out with another monster sampler. Um, so I think that was good. Ferrier Tago's taking a different approach. They're they're coming out with something to basically attract themselves to retailers who are going to make an investment in them. So you know, I think that's more about. Look, using that to generate a lot more core business with the Nat Sherman stuff. Do you the think former, they're trying to like? Do you think they're trying to like chum the waters, so to speak, with that to try to get attention for other things? Well, I think it's going to give them some attention because it gives them something what's new. But I don't know what the buying model is. But I imagine that to get those cigars, you're going to have to be a select retailer, and you're going to have to invest in the former Nat Sherman brands. I mean, I, I wouldn't think about it any other way. Right. Yeah, I and mean, we got into that on the, on the thing on the last episode. The whole yeah, yeah. So, um, so I think thing. yeah. Um, I mean, these both of these are not cases where people are just throwing something at the wall and putting a band on it. They're just they're different models, but they're the ones that they're limited. That like, you know, that I'm I'm excited about, more excited about. Yeah, it, it's uh, to me, you know, last year was an interesting year because there was just so many things going on. And I think everyone was just trying to keep their head above water. Yeah. Keep the boat afloat. Um, and then, you know, I think, well, I think it started that way. Then it turned into, hey, we have we have plenty to survive on. We just got to keep up. Um, it kind of went from like, oh shit, what's going to happen to like, hey, well, this, this is not what we thought. Yep, yep. Um, <laughs> now we don't have enough cigars to sell. Um, so this year, going into this year, I feel it's going to be much different. Um, yeah. And I, I'm excited because there's a lot of 
There's, I feel like the end of this year, there's going to be a lot of releases, a lot of special projects, a lot of new stuff, a lot of cool stuff. It, there's going to be a lot to cover um, this year. And so far, it's, it's been good stuff. It's been interesting stuff. Um, you know, even Abe at Smoke In, I mean, the stuff he's yeah. doing, you know, on, on a retailer level, you know, the retailers are, are really, you know, up in their game and it's going to be a busy, it's going to be a busy holiday season. That's, that's, that's for damn sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, now getting in towards the end of the year, this is kind of an interesting topic. You know, we like to talk about, you know, peeling back the curtain. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about, um, we're in September now, uh, and I like to do a little tease of what's to come for the end of the year. I don't, I don't know if I brought this up with you on the air. If I already did, I'm sorry, but I feel like if I did, we, we didn't really get too in depth with it because I would have remembered, but maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm just blanking. Uh, we're, we're talking about, you know, award season coming up and mm-hmm. awards coming out and, you know, we're going to be doing awards this year. You've been doing awards, um, cigar of the year, factory of the year um who who do you like right now who, who's who's a serious contender to take some awards right now um uh, going into that last quarter of the year um we talked a little about it right um you know so i think right now uh i'll start with like companies okay um and, and cigar coop it's 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 going to be a panel on, on the coop team deciding this but um the two companies that probably i'm the highest on right now are rocky patel and jre I think they have had fantastic years. Um, and I'll tell you something. There's, there's a few Rocky Patel cigars that are in contention for a very high spot. Uh, the Quarter Century and the Winter Collection 2020. So they're in very big contention. Um, now, you may say they're 2020 releases, but that's the way the time the timetable is a little different on Coop. So uh, it's a two-year window of anything released before the trade show. So... Which is a which is a very similar model to how we're going to be running. Yeah. Well, so you, what I don't want is I don't want a cigar coming out November fifteenth that suddenly goes to the top of the list because you don't know what that cigar. And I, I've talked about this on several shows. You just don't want that cigar to be. Uh, it really doesn't have time to kind of acclimate. You know, like chances are there's only going to be to get a second shipment. The retailers aren't even going to get a second shipment on that cigar. Right. right. So the idea is to try to have cigars that have been on the shelf and, and have been performing consistently throughout the year. Um, so I think though, but I, I guess I think those companies are ones that I'm looking at for votes. There's a few other cigars that are in contention. Um, Adventura's uh, Queen's Pearl is definitely a high a cigar up there. Perdomo Firecracker. Um, don't don't sleep on that one. Um, probably the best firecracker that's come out, in my opinion. And it was uh, just released again. Just re-released month. again. Yep. Uh, so, uh, you know, certainly that that um, is something that I would look at, and I'd say, you know, wa- watch out for that. It's not a shop exclusive, right? Because they do distribute that through United right now. Um, in there, the Espinosa La Bamba Warhead scored really well with us. Uh, Rockefeller's Art of Magic scored really well. So. Um, there's not a lot of cigars that I had over 91 this year. Um, I'm just looking at my list here. I've had only nine cigars at 92. So, and there's a lot, there's over a hundred on the list so far. So this has not been a great year for cigars by any means. This has been a very weak year. 
All right, so let let's rip that conversation open. Yeah. Um. Why? In your opinion. <laughs> um. You all right. Okay. So yeah, <laughs> I, just I, just, so I just I just watched. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't want to know what I just said. Um. <laughs> I I do think the quality has been suffering. Now we a couple of years ago I did get much more stringent on the review on the, on the scoring, but I haven't made any scoring changes this year. So I do believe there's just not as much good product coming out in the last two years. Um, some, you know, there's, there's construction problems in cases. It's just blends aren't that good. A lot of whole hum stuff. Um, so I, I just think there has been a decrease in quality right now. Um, overall, I, you can't have every year be the best year. This is the, there's never a better time to smoke cigars best year ever. Um, and, and, and I, there's a couple of these pundits out there who will say, well, these, we have record sales, right? Well, you don't award the Academy Award for the movie that sold the most tickets, right? You award it for something that's artistic, right? Well, it's the mm. same thing here. Yeah, there may be a lot of cigars selling, but they're not necessarily the best cigars that are out. So we've been in this we've been in this trend for about four or five years where I've seen a decrease in quality. I just don't see uh, cigars anymore that are that are impacts. Um, you know, and it's across the board. It's not just it's not just the, the limiteds have really suffered. I mean, I don't, don't even get started on limiteds, right? The limiteds have had a atrocious tr- record this year, but but the core lines, you know, you know, again, um, is there is there like a cigar that you have just had this year that Matt, you're saying this is a wow cigar? I'm gonna go buy a box and I'm gonna keep buying boxes of this cigar. I got only a few. The, there's been a few. Uh, not, a not a lot. Yeah, not a lot. Not a lot. I'm not going to name names, but okay. Um, the ones I named were ones that I would go. I'm telling you, I'd go just continually stock up on. There's been a couple. Um, then I'm like, yeah, I gotta have a box. Uh, I, you know, okay, I'll give one name because I mean, I, I, uh, I just, I am in love with the cigar, um, and I don't have a box yet, and I, I it's, it's on my list, but I have too much shit to smoke through. First. But but guess what? You're you're thinking about it. So yeah, that's fine. That's the Placencia. Um, Almafuerte, Colorado, um, Sixto. Um, okay. I really enjoyed that cigar. Really, really, really do. And I had the other. It's a very good cigar, by the way. I haven't reviewed it yet, but a very good cigar. I had the other Sixto. It's. I agree. The Claro is better. It was good. I found it to be tight. That roll, mm-hmm. I was skeptical about because of the shape, but it was a good cigar. I had the Colorado way better, way better. Love that cigar. Yeah, I think I, I think I have one right me. Well, uh, I have one on me right now, um, but that that's uh, one that I would put in that category. Uh, I wish they good the Rebu- I wish they would do the robusto and that's that that wrapper because I think the robustus is the best size in that in that line. The regular Alma Forte, but maybe that that will come in time. In general, I I've noticed Nicole is big. Uh, she's a big uh, Placentia fan, and pretty much all of the Placentias she has, she's got a couple different boxes of them. Um, they're all Robustos. That's all she smokes, um, and she really enjoys them. And I've had her say to me, like, "Yeah, I had the other sizes, but like, I like the Robusto." They do a good better. Robusto. You know, Alma de Fuego has a good Robusto. Yeah. Uh, the Alma Fuerte. They do a good job with the Robusto size. They do. They, they yeah. Really- they do, and I think you know, even as just a whole, Placencia has just been really on their game. 
Uh, very smart. Had- very smart. They're not throwing stuff into the market either. If you notice, they're doing. They're slow what they're doing. Yeah, they don't have too much to offer, which is not a bad thing at all. I think they, they have three more great. Almas in the pipeline. Oh yeah. So they're not rushing those to market. If you notice. Yeah. No. And they, yeah. So. Um, do you know? Um, not that we're gonna bring it up, but just out of curiosity, just because uh, I want to know. Do you happen to know what kinds of things they're working on with those Almas? I don't. Okay. I know there's like one with an Alma with a water theme. And I know the themes of some of them. I think one's land or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's like elements around tobacco, but I don't know what the blends are. I imagine, though, they're going to be very Nicaraguan focused. Yeah, obviously. Uh, yeah. I mean, the new Coseca, the Coseca is the one they've tended to go more Honduran with. Uh, they focus a little more on Honduran tobacco. That's so Nicole's favorite. The uh, the they're very the one forty six. Yes, that's her favorite. Good cigar, and I tell you, the one forty nine. I can't wait to smoke that one. Hmm. Uh, N- Nestor, uh, I think he's doing a great job. Um, and man, they they what they did is they look they held back a lot of their tobaccos with the idea that we're going to launch a brand. So this was a very strategic move they made uh, over the years. And they've got good to I mean, look, they know for years they had a they struggled getting their own brand into market. They tried a few times beforehand and, and they just couldn't get it going. But now I think they they now I think they got a handle on it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I uh I've 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 enjoyed watching them grow. Uh they've had some really good stuff yeah. come out. I mean the album del the album, uh Del Campo. Yeah, the yeah. the the gray band, the gray yep. label. Yep. Um I think that was the first one I had, and that cigar really blew me away. That was a good cigar, and good then I was like, okay, yeah. And then I got into the to the Alma Fuerte line, and I was like, whoa, yeah, I really love that. Then the Colorado came out, and I was like, okay, like now I'm a Placencia right. guy. And Armand Desante loves that Alma Fuerte. Mm. In the interview we did with him, he, he that is like his go-to cigar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, and like I said that cigar is becoming. In about four or five years, that cigar's going to be starting to be talked about. I think, like like Padron and Fuente, I, I really do. It takes a while to launch a brand into the market and build momentum. But I'm telling you, it's a uh, it's a great. It's, it, well, those are not cheap cigars, but they're selling. Yeah, I um, I'm really just I'm excited to see the next thing that they put out. Like, I really, I really am. Cause I'm, I want to oh, see. Yeah. I mean, that 149. Wow. I just looked at that. I didn't get a sample at the show. I don't know if they were giving samples out of it. We caught Nestor very quickly at the show. So, um, you know, we we're happy to, he gave us the time when he did. Uh, and it was, that was one of the busiest booths at the show this year. I mean, right. let me tell you that, that booth, I booted the booths, most traffic. I would probably put them and Alec Bradley had the most traffic. Yeah. Yeah. They, that was a booth we didn't get to because of that. I mean, they, it, it was, they were knew, just packed yeah, from the yeah. beginning to the end. And we were just they, like, we're not going to wait around. We have this too much to do. That was, yeah. I mean, a couple of years ago, we couldn't, we had, they had to reschedule us a couple of times and then we missed an appointment and we didn't get yep. to interview him in 2019. We felt horrible. Um, they're always a busy booth. Uh, it's just, yeah, you, it's not just tire kickers in there. They're writing orders left and right. Yeah, no, they are. It's, um, 
you know, and it's a shame because they were very high on our list too. Yep. For people we really wanted to meet with and talk to. Um, and I got to grab uh, some of the people here and there for a quick little chat, but not enough to really get in. That's okay because at least, you know, you get your chat. Maybe you build a relationship that way. We literally were in the right place at the right time to get Nestor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and Bear and I had a relationship with him, so it was a little easier. And I'll be honest, what, what happened? Nestor was talking to Jeff. We just uh, were there. We said hello. And then Jeff said, hey, you, I'll step aside and you can interview Nestor. And Nestor was like, if, uh, Jeff, you okay with that? And he said, yeah. And he goes, you guys okay with it? We're like, yeah. And we got Nestor. We only did five minutes with him. We were very sensitive with the time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, but we had, uh, Bear and I had, had him on a show back a couple years ago. So um, we had the relationship. He knew who we were. And we've met with him at previous shows as well. Um, the last thing that we had on our docket um, for the show was actually non-cigar related. Yes. But I, I, uh, I know you wanted to bring this up. So uh let's uh let's 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 get into it um baseball yes uh specifically uh with the american league east um which i know is near and dear to you yep it is it is um tampa bay has taken a nice strong uh hold on first place Uh, behind them is is my boston red sox uh nine and a half games back at um 80 wins 63 losses (coughs) Uh, before that, you know, Red Sox were at the top of the food chain for a while, and then they had they have had some setbacks. They kind of dropped them down the list. All right. The Yankees started to heat up, really great, really start to gain steam and really have some growth there. Um, and then they just began to kind of fall apart. Um, and the Red Sox are now back in second place, and they're a little more stable. But I mean, they they had some they had a lot of COVID um, people yep. in issues and stuff like that, and the, and there's a piece to that too. We can maybe talk about after. But I mean, the Yankees. I mean, I'm gonna let you go with this because this was your thing. You wanted to bring it up. Um, the Yankees, man. I mean, they're about to drop to fourth place. I mean, they're tied with they're literally dead even tied with Toronto yep. for third. Um, and uh, Toronto is probably gonna overtake them at this point. They're gonna drop back to fourth place. Which puts them out of Walker. So let me just kind of preface this by saying, first of all, the Red Sox, you guys are playing with house money. No one expected you guys to be where you are this year. I was surprised we even did as good as we did so, the first half of the year. So, but now you're in it and you got to close the deal. I get it, right? Yeah. So I grew up in New York, right? But I am a Phillies fan, right? And contrary to what people believe, I, I, I'm not anti-Yankees. Um, I he don't like Gabe Ka- Kapler, though. That guy's an idiot. <laughs> Okay, that's another discussion. That's NL. Right, right, right. right. But boy, that guy's an idiot, right? Hey, but, hey, hey, not for nothing. Not for nothing. But Coop, who's the best team in baseball right now? Uh, the San Francisco Giants. That's right. That's right. They hey, are. But let me tell you, I was, I, let me just make a comment on this. Okay? I was out in San Francisco and I talked to several people out there. Okay. Most of them agree with me that it's, it's not Gabe Capro to being a brilliant. They don't think he's as bad as I think he is. Right. But it's Farhan Farhan Zaidi, uh, who is the GM, has done one of the best jobs an executive's ever done. I mean, so that's where I think a lot. They, he got talent. He's got guys. I mean, but we'll put that one aside for now. Let's put that aside. Okay. Uh, OK, so I grew up in New York. I don't hate the Yankees. I, I hate the fact that they cheated to those four, four World Series. All right. And that they got off the hook that easy. Right. When other people, other sports, didn't, that didn't happen. OK, so I don't hate. But here's the deal. 
I've I've followed the Yankees since 74, 75. Okay. There's been some really good Yankee teams. And in New York, you can't help but not follow baseball. And there's right. been some really bad Yankee teams, okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, the Stump Merrill years were, were, were atrocious for them, right? And the Mets have played that. Well, the Mets have a history of choking, okay? The one thing the Yankees have never done in, in this 46 years I've been following this team, they have never imploded in September. They may have lost a critical series, right? That may have cost them some, a division title, like an 85. They've had those, they've had those moments, but this is an epic collapse of the New York Yankees that I have that we have never seen in my lifetime, is what I'm just telling you. Yeah. They have lost six in a row, right? At one point, they were five and a half up in the wild card race, right? They may fall out of it tonight. And to give you an idea, it's seven seven right now, okay, with the Mets. They were up five nothing. The Mets took a seven five lead. They still may come back and win this game, okay? And they're probably looking at the Toronto game and, and knowing they're fighting for their lives. They're probably looking at the scoreboard. I have never, my point is, I have never seen a Yankee implosion in the month of September in my lifetime, like, like what has happened here. I've seen it with the Mets. Certainly, my Phillies have had their implosions, but the Yankees have always been counted on playing good September baseball. So, if you're a Yankee fan, you got to be worried right now of what you're saying. And that was the point I wanted to make. It's just we have never seen this happen in our lifetime. Yeah, I mean, they've uh, they've certainly had their their moments. They had um, the they had. Yeah. You know, the 2004 series with the Red Sox, the, the when they blew the three nothing lead, you can argue that was a but that was an October implosion. And guess what? A lot of people who were Yankee fans were not comfortable with that three nothing lead even at that point. So there was a lot of they just didn't feel easy. But. That's October. I'm talking September. They've always found a way to get the wild card or win the division, and, and they found a way to get it done. This is a first if you're a Yankee fan. Something yeah. uncharted territory. I was going to – well, it's funny you bring that because I was going to bring up a four because, I mean, we want to talk about the worst collapse I've ever had. I mean, you're up three games to nothing in the American League Championship Series to so the Red Sox for the second, um, second year in a row. You're in the ALCS. You get up three games to none. Uh, I think game what was game three was nineteen to eight. Yeah, um, but there were people in Yankee, Park. They, they were and, worried about that series, and, and, they, and, they, and they lose four in a row in the ALCS. I mean, that's that's pretty bad. You wonder if the steroids had anything to do with it on both ends. <laughs> I, I can't help it. I mean, it never happened before in baseball, but you know, you're still in the kind of getting towards the end of the steroid. I, again, gotta wonder just what happens. Sometimes. Have you ever been to Fenway Park? I've never been to Fenway Park. Okay. Um, so in Boston, Fenway Park is situated in the, in the Fenway neighborhood. Uh, hence that's why it's called. That. I've seen it off the highway. I have seen it off the highway. Yeah. So, uh, we have a main, uh, we have the Massachusetts turnpike or the pike as we call it yep. that runs past Fenway Park. That's probably where I've seen it. Yeah. Behind Lansdowne. Um, and that'll take, you know, from Boston to, to Worcester, um, or it's interstate 90. Um, and it's. So there's Fenway Park, there's Lansdowne Street, then there's the parking garage and the clubs, a railroad track, then the Mass Pike. And during the All-Star game in 99, Mark McGuire was uh, Mark McGuire was hitting balls onto the Mass Pike or pretty damn close to it. Um, you tell me. 
That steroids had an issue with that. <laughs> well, yeah, it's yeah, that's a we, long bomb to hit. So Brady Anderson hit 51 home runs. I mean, yeah. you, you know, Luis Gonzalez hit 70. I mean, it's, you know, it, it's no, there's no doubt we saw things that we never saw before. Okay. We're not seeing those types of things anymore. It's like, now suddenly you can tell me that it, it had some impact. I get the excuse everyone was doing it. I get it. Doesn't make it right. Um, but unfortunately, more of the Yankees got caught with that stuff. I mean, that, that whole list was all Yankees. Yeah, I mean, and the Yankees are, you know, a team that they don't like controversy either. So well, they hold themselves know. to the highest regard in baseball. Um, and, you know, they've, they've, they've had their fair share issues. Yeah. Though. You know, one I, thing I, yeah, go ahead. One thing I always uh, wanted to see, even growing up in New York, was a was a subway series. I mean, it always was something that was talked about. It oh did yeah, hap- it did happen in 2020. Um, I missed every game, almost. I didn't see any, hardly any of it on TV. Um, that was because my son Stephen was born that, that on October 20th. So look, there was there were things that you know I had to deal with, with that, and um, I really didn't get to see much. Um, so unfortunate, but but you know, I always will remember he was born in during the Subway series, which is so pretty cool. Yeah, uh Subway series is cool. There's uh California's got what the Bay Series? The Bay when- they got the Bay Series. Uh Chicago's got the you know, north side versus the south side. Yeah. And then obviously LA, the I don't think the Angels, Dodgers have really captured that as much, the LA battle. Yeah, it kind of just it is what it the, is. The Bay, the Bay, the Bay series, obviously the World Series in '89, the earthquake and all that. Uh, you know, Aaron can talk a lot more about that. He's lived out there all his life. Um, but you know, the Ace, the Ace series was a big thing. Um, so that year. Yeah, you know, there's been uh, there's been a lot of you know fun series that have gone on in baseball and. Um, you know, subway series, I think obviously being the, the biggest one, you know, Mets and Yankees yeah. is always a big one, but yeah, yeah I mean, where, so what, uh, as I'm, I'm trying to pull up in front of me, um, bear with me here. What was, uh, Blue Jays outcome today? Uh, Toronto? I have it up here. Let's see. The Blue Jays oh, won 11 to one. 11 to 11 one. Yeah. So 11 to one on, on Orioles. Right. Um, yeah. if the Yankees lose this game, yeah, they, they go to fourth place. Uh, there's gotta be a sense of urgency that, that's going on in the dugout right now. You know, the Yankees, you know, it's nine 11. This is a big emotional series. Um, so, but I think in this case, it's more about celebrating New York baseball than who wins. But obviously I think, you know, both teams want to win that this game on nine 11. Um, so, but there's a big sense. I mean, the Mets are, the Mets are, the Mets are climbing back into it slowly. You know, they're not out of it. Um, the Phillies, no. the Phillies are where I thought the Phillies were going to be right now. The difference is I thought the Braves would be way ahead of us. So that's the only reason why I have hope, but it's, it's, it's Phillies baseball is about to wind out the year. We're not going to playoffs. So let's, let's talk about, um, Let's talk a little bit since we're already on the topic of baseball and the American League East. Um, did you happen to catch the news of Brandon Hyde um, having uh, some words from the dugout? I think it was yesterday's game. Um, that th- there was an interesting take. Um, 
he went like, yeah. He he, I don't even know how to. It was a hot mic on. It was a hot mic on him. Oh yeah, I mean, and then he apologized for it after. I don't know he, if he it did. was a. I don't know if it was a. It sounds like it was a case of misunderstanding or miscommunication. Um, but you know, Robbie Ray is on the mound for Toronto, and you got Brandon Hyde in the in the dugout, the manager of the Baltimore Orioles, and he and he's screaming and yelling at Robbie Ray on the mound. And at one point, it was something uh, – I watched a clip, uh, and some of the audio you could hear, and he's screaming at him and being like, yeah, throw the effing ball. Just, hey, man, throw the effing ball. Like, what are you looking at? What are you looking at? Like, blah, blah, no one and, – and, and, like, they're going back. And I'm like – and you could see Robbie Ray's confused, like, what, 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 what's the issue? What's going on yeah, here? He did apologize to – he did make an apology for the language. Right. Um, He, he didn't apologize necessarily for the outburst, which I kind of understand, but he – uh. Uh, you know, it, yeah, I saw that. Um, I'm sure this happens all the time, but unfortunately hot mic when you're hot mic, it's, you know, it's a hot mic. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely been some drama, uh, in baseball this year. Uh, we kind of, you know, talk about the Red Sox, you know, Hunter Renfro, uh, came out, tried to accuse the league of telling the Red Sox to stop testing their players for COVID because they had too many, uh, hot cases come up. And they were trying to like, all right, like, well, like, let's just kind of sweep it under the rug so we don't keep having issues with you guys. And then MLB comes back, of course, and says, well, you know, that's not true. We never said that. Blah blah blah. Um, anybody who knows me and my relationship to uh, things that I know about Major League Baseball, uh, honestly, e- either side of that story can be true. <laughs> I'll, I'll just come right out to say it. Uh, I would, I would not be surprised if, if MLB really did say that. And now they they've got caught and they're trying to, you know, uh, oh no no no, we didn't we didn't say that. Yeah yeah, I, I can totally see that happening. Um, I, I've I've heard of and I've seen some things in my time. Um, yeah, I could I could see that. Um, it's just you know, it's very interesting. Very, very interesting. Um, and the Red Sox, they had a lot. They had a lot of COVID cases come up, and also, which also played, a, a, I think, a, a large part in, you know, their, their later season. I don't want to call it a complete collapse, but they, they fell from the grace that they were holding. Uh, they, were, they were cruising along in first place, and I was like, I didn't think this was happening. And then all of a sudden, yeah. like, it was COVID case after COVID case, and then they started to slip through the, through the um standings and Tampa Bay took a solid grasp on first place, which I, I think they got for the rest of the season at this point, unless they completely they're nine and a half, they're nine and a half up with uh, like 20 something games to go 20. Yeah. 20 I mean, games. unless they get ravaged with a bad COVID uh, outbreak in the clubhouse and that team just implodes. Cause like everyone's out. Um, you know, I, I think that they got it, but you know, the Red Sox have a chance I now at this point to, to, to grab that wild card spot, at least, um, they, they have a chance. I'm not saying it's a it's golden. They, goose, they have but. a chance. I mean, it's pretty much there's five teams competing for that wild, for the two wild card spots, Boston, Toronto, Yankees, Mariners and A's. Yeah. Mariners and A's are a little further back, but they're not out of it. Right. So I don't know. It, it it's going to be an interesting uh, downturn for the uh, for the rest of the year. Um, you know, as we as we close out uh, the twenty twenty one season. 
a little bit different than I anticipated. I mean, I thought the uh, Dodgers would be a little bit better than they are now. Not that they're being horrible, but I thought they'd be a how, little bit better. I mean, I know the Trevor Bauer thing's completely, but how how do you how are the Dodgers? How do you let a Gabe Kapler team? How I mean, they go? just yeah. Is this about Gabe Kapler or is this just about the Dodgers? This is both. <laughs> listen, I mean, listen. I mean the Giants. <laughs> Here's what I'm going to say. If anyone sat through, okay, 364 games of Gabe Kapler like I did, and I watch a lot and I listen to a lot of baseball, I had 364 games of this, this guy, all right, and his newfangled approach to baseball. I think he's made some changes, though, since going to San Francisco. I don't think he's trying to prove to be different anymore. Um, and he's got, look, he's got like the argument I, people says the front office, you know, in the Philadelphia, I let the front office off the hook, right? It was like, it, hey, it wasn't capital. It was a front office. It was both. Okay. The front office was atrocious in Philadelphia. And guess what? They, they cleared house after the 2000, uh, after the 2020 season, um, they, they, they cleared house with that. So they got rid of, cause the front office, look, they, they, Never built the farm system. It was a disaster, right? It was both, right? Equal, but but Kapler, look, and I'll just say this: Kapler was at a point he could not effectively manage in Philadelphia anymore. He was hated. When you're hated that much, you can't have this guy running your team. And he was hated by the fans. The players weren't in love with him in the locker room. They had to make a change there. Okay, it's not like he he, he wasn't good. If he stuck there, he wasn't going to turn the Phillies around. Right. Yeah, but he's, I awful. Mean, he's awful. He's all I could give you examples of how bad he is. I know that he uh, he has a huge um, spot of hate in your heart. And uh, uh, I, he, I, well, I never got to use the word hate. Right. But, but look, the guy was the guy. <laughs> look, uh, I'm just stirring the pot. <laughs> the hate words, the hate words, are easy is an easy is an easy excuse. Right. But look, I've watched managers with the Phillies over the years and we've had some bad managers. We've had some really good ones. There's no way this guy was a good manager in Philadelphia. He was, I mean, he had one of the most, you want to talk about epic collapses? The 2018 season was a, one of the worst collapses in baseball history after the All-Star break. It was, it was, it was pathetic what happened. And then they were playing Fortnite in the locker room. And here was the other thing that was happening with Kapler that people don't realize. We weren't just getting beat. All right. We were getting annihilated in these games, right? Losing by 10 runs, 15 runs. We never, it was never a comeback. You may say, all right, Girardi doesn't have the record. Okay. But guess what? Oh, the it's Phillies, eight, Sorry. Uh, pause on what you're saying. It's eight, seven Yankees now, middle of the year. Well, the Yankees are coming back. I mean, they need to do what they need to do. <laughs> they need it. But continue. Right. Yeah, so, but not over yet. Um, they're fighting <laughs> for this one. All right. Um, and look, they're playing the Mets. Keep in mind. But, but no, I mean, it was, there was just some, some, at least Girardi, they're they're competitive. They come back in games. They're not they're never out for dead right now. Um, he doesn't have the record, but don't get they're just starting the process of re, re, they just reconstructed the front office. It's gonna take a couple of years now to get these players in, and I think they'll they'll get the job done. Yeah, I uh, I would agree. Um, you know, it, with any re- team rebuild, it, it takes some time. Um, Look, you guys have a great GM, by the way, uh, or president. Uh, the guy they got from Tampa. That guy knows what he's uh, doing. You got, I am Bloom. I am Bloom. I think he's a great executive. I think that was a great hire by the Red Sox. And you're mm-hmm. seeing, you're starting to see it now. Well, remember, he's a small market GM working with a big team payroll. 
he is, but he, he look. He also, I think, set that foundation in Tampa for for winning culture. I mean, like if you look at all right, so like you, this, there's, there's a way you can look at this. So like by that I meant he knows he knows how to he knows how to pinch and work with short money to make a good team. So it's like right. now do that with a lot of money, um, which again, I mean, that hasn't always worked. It hasn't always worked, but yeah. he, he's got some skill there to win some potential to put something good together. I mean, he did okay so far this year. I mean, the team wasn't shit. I mean, they're not the Baltimore Orioles. You know, they're 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 in the fight ish. I mean, they they got they they got some good chance there. I'll I'll yeah. give them that. They're not like just garbage out. Um, so he's done so far so far so good. But look look at what Dave Dombrowski did for us. You know, yes, we got a title in eighteen. Obviously, we got a World Series, but look what he did. He went out there over the salary cap, spent a lot of money, gutted our farm system to, you know, traded everybody away, sold everybody to get, you know, a, a World Series team in 2018. And it was a good year. And we, we had first place, I think, almost the whole way from beginning to end. And we had a, we had a great team. We were the best team in baseball, 108 wins in the regular season. Uh, I think it was a franchise record. Um, but at what cost? I mean, he, you know, he gutted us. He spent a lot of money. I mean, he got what he paid for. Really, he got what he paid for. He wanted a World Series title. He paid for it. Um, but then, you know, look what happens after that's over. I mean, I was there was nothing begging. left. Right. But here's what I'm gonna say. So when Dabrowski got hired by the Phillies, this is what everyone told me. He gutted the Boston Red Sox farm system. You know what my answer was? Please gut our farm system. In, like, please find a way to gut this farm system because it's the worst farm, one of the worst farm systems in baseball. Right. Uh, honestly, I mean, I was like, if he can find a way to get rid of some of this garbage, right, and and get some get some players who could play now. I mean, he just he got rid of Spencer Howard, who was all, Spencer and he, Spencer Howard was traded to the Rangers, and Spencer Howard got sent to the minors in the Rangers after like a few games. Yeah. I mean, so Spencer Howard was this highly touted prospect for folks who don't know. And he was not good. I mean, he just wasn't good. He, he was built up to something he wasn't at all uh, capable of doing. So I'm hoping that he guts our farm system. Please gut our farm system. Please sign a couple of free agents overpriced. Yeah. It, we, it, could it, do, we, we could do a whole show just on baseball. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. Surpri- I'm surprised you haven't even started a, another podcast just for baseball. We, we, we've had a couple of cigar people on with, like we have the cigar people at Miguel and Hector on, um, and we do baseball like a couple of times a year. Um, but we kind of do it in the context of cigar people. Um, so we do cigar stuff too. Uh, but yeah, doing a sports podcast is hard because it's oh, something it like, because it really involves, you have to watch a lot of games. Uh, I thought about doing an NFL one, but, uh, it was, it hasn't happened because basically i don't have the time to yeah. do it yeah oh, i hear you i hear yeah. you um hey you know we're getting to the two hour mark uh want to probably wrap this up soon yep yep but uh yeah it, it's been a, it's been a great conversation as always with you Coop. yeah absolutely. I, think we, I think we covered a lot of bases um this week on the smoky tobacco show we got travis lord coming up um and we're gonna get into some some cigar business marketing um He's got some stuff he wants to talk about um, and, and share with the audience. So I think that'll be a, a much different episode than we're normally uh, kind of used to being in. Um, Coop, what do you got coming up? 
Um, so we just recorded before this show, uh, Jukebox episode 49. Matt Ty from How About That Cigar was our guest, and it was a jazz show. Oh, nice. Uh, so we have a whole jazz show coming up on Monday. Uh, Matt's a very, very uh, – he, he knows a lot about jazz. So um, to have a guy like him on there was, was really good. Uh, you'll love Tuesday's show Ooh. on Special Edition 106. Boofy is on. Now, he's going to be on with Bear and I. It's the first time Bear and I have interviewed him together. Aaron and I have done the other interviews, so this time he's going to be on on Tuesday. Wasn't he just on with you, though? Uh, he was on in January. Wow, he's already back. He's already back. We didn't make him wait a year. So, uh, wow. Well, then again, uh, I didn't either. I had him on three months later. For, but that yeah. was a special episode, but yeah. still. So, <laughs> But again, we're kind of switching the gears a little. Uh, he's got some stuff we could talk about from the show. Um, so we're doing that. And then Thursday's show is we have to finalize who that gets. Like, we have someone, but we I want to wait for the final confirmation. That could be a pretty good show if that's going to happen um, on Thursday. So I don't want to announce it just because it may not. It could still fall, but I, I'm 90% sure at this point it's happening. So uh, pretty excited if that happens. Um, you can tell and, me in the green room. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I'll but, find out. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so. yeah. So, I mean. Like I said, we we have a we have a pretty big schedule of uh, people coming up for the Smoke and Tobacco show, um, and I'll pull that up right here in front of me too. I'll read those off. We have Travis Lord, followed by uh, Abe Flores on the twenty third. The tw- on the thirtieth, we round out September with Scott Pierce from the PCA. Heading into October on the seventh, we have Nick Perdomo making his return to the Smoke and Tobacco show, uh, followed by Tom Lazuka the week after that. Um. October 21st, we have our friend Reinhard from Light em Up World and uh, Cigar Journal. And on the 28th, we have Christian Aroa coming on uh, to end out October with a special episode uh, on September 25th. Um, there's also going to be a, that's our next Spare Notes episode. It'll be Spare Notes number seven. Yep. Um, but before that episode at 3 p.m. Eastern, we're doing a special interview with the, the one and only Jeremiah Marifel. Oh, it'll be fun. Um, from the Marifel family. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Cameroon tobacco. Um, a lot of people who know Jeremiah know that that's um, obviously the, probably the biggest thing with them um, and all the point and all the, the Cameroon tobacco that they sell the Fuente family and, 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 and the various others. But um, that, that, that's going to be a special episode that's coming up. We'll, we'll have the information for that posted as well as a reminder, because it is outside of our regular broadcasting time, but Jeremiah's over in Europe with the time change um, kind of had to do something a little bit different to get him on. That was a little bit more uh, convenient for him. So hence why we're kind of doing a, a separate episode um, for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just to Makes make it sense. work work me. Yeah, I make it work for yeah. him. Uh, we'll, we will do it live. Um, but uh, if you don't if you don't catch it on Saturday afternoon, you know, it'll be up on all the uh, podcasts apps and channels as well as our facebook and youtube page so it will be up after that as well um coop it's been a great time buddy um, absolutely and uh so it will be uh wow it'll be a three episode week for me the next time we talk i have a three episode week coming up yeah so it's yeah. gonna be uh and then uh the, the, the actually our texas trip has officially been canceled oh it has okay yeah i shouldn't say that i haven't made a final decision i'm still gonna go out there myself but um, it, I'm kind of leaning towards rescheduling that. So I have to talk to the guys on that. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta um, be, you gotta, uh, you gotta do what you gotta do, man. Yeah. Yep, uh, I totally yep. hear so, it. So, uh, so yeah, we, uh, but we have some stuff also coming up on smoking syndicate as well with some group stuff. So, 
with the team. So uh, we're getting excited about that with Ben. So, yeah. Well, you know what? Um, I think we're going to end it there, guys. Yep. We will uh, going to wrap up. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow on all of our platforms and social media. And we'll see you guys next time. Take care.